This is Friends and Benefits, a podcast hosted by Reward Strategy. And you may have guessed it, they're Friends and Benefits. Stay tuned to find out what's hot, what's not, and what's happening in the world of pay and reward. Hello, everyone, and as always, thank you for joining myself, Jade Burke, Deputy Editor of Reward Strategy, for this next installment of the Friends in Benefits podcast. I'm excited to say today that joining me is RuPaul Patel, Director of Reward and Performance at Metrobank. And Metrobank is known for its belief of putting people first. But how does this apply to its employees too? Well, very shortly, we're going to be finding out just that. And I just want to say it's fantastic to have you with us today, RuPaul. How are you doing? I'm really well, Jade. Thanks for having me. No, you're very welcome. We're really, really pleased that you could join us. And obviously, you're in the reward space. So this, this is a massive um, sector that we cover on reward strategy. So I wanted to ask you how you came to work in this industry. So I've been in the reward space for about 20 years now. Um, I was really lucky to join a graduate rotation scheme at a big four consultancy where I had the chance to work in lots of different areas, including HR and the tax practice. And I immediately liked the performance and reward aspects of the work. I guess I enjoy looking at the psychology of what motivates individuals and how reward can play a part in that. And I'm still really passionate about it after 20 years, even though sometimes I need reminding of that during very busy reward review periods. Um, and it's just really interesting to look at what levers you can use to motivate and nudge behaviours. And I think that's what's kept me in the industry. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. Like you say, very varied in that sense. And um, obviously, you're at Metrobank now. How did you end up in this position? Well, so I've always admired Metrobank from afar. So it's you know, being one of the first challenger banks and disrupting the market. And I guess that was even before disruption was used in every other sentence as it is now. So that always kind of really excited me. I'd also heard a lot about Metro Bank and its culture and values, which um, align with my own. So putting customers at the heart of everything we do, creating fans and supporting local communities as well. Um, I joined Metro Bank about six months ago now, and I've really enjoyed those first six months. It's great to join a business so going through a transformation at the moment and feeling as if you can add real value and make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned there, in terms of your own values, is that quite important for you to have found an employer whose values align with your own? Yeah, it is. It's one of those things, you know, we all talk about purpose and values. And I think one of the things that that COVID and working from home and thinking about things differently has allowed us to to kind of remember what's really important to us. So, yes, working for an organisation that's aligned with my values is really important. Fantastic. And then day to day, what does your role entail at the bank? So, um, so my team sits, the performance and reward team sits within the people function. Um, the people function consists, I guess, of all the, the usual things that you would expect. So people partners, um, learning and development, DNI, talent acquisition. And what we really try to do in the people function is to work collaboratively across the piece to enhance, I guess, colleague experience through every stage of their journey with the bank. In terms of then specifically where I sit and what we do, so I look after all aspects of reward, benefits, pension, performance management and payroll as well. Um, so it's really varied, which keeps it really interesting. It requires engagement and collaboration across all stakeholders. Um, so one day, you know, you could be talking to the board and drafting papers and the next you could be working with your team splitting 70 spreadsheets for reward review. You know, it's, it really is varied in that sense. And then... I guess on the reward side, so we again, we look after the usual elements of total rewards, so base salary, bonus, recognition, share schemes. We also support the remuneration committee so that they have all the information they need to make decisions. 
um, on the benefits and pension side. So one of the things I'm really passionate about is ensuring that we can support colleagues um, through their journey with the bank, but also tailoring our support based on their personal circumstances. So things like having a cycle to work scheme, private medical, well-being apps um, and so on are really important. The other two elements, I guess, of my role, so one is pay for performance, and that's really key at the bank, which is why our performance management approach sits within the reward team. And then we've just rolled out some enhancements to our performance management framework. And so I'm quite excited to see how that lands and gets implemented during 2022. And then the last bit, I guess, of the role is the fact that we're a UK-listed regulated bank. Um, So that means we need to consider the shareholder experience as well as meeting all the regulatory requirements um, in terms of delivering reward in a compliant way. So lots to keep us busy (laughs) and to keep us interested because it's very varied. Absolutely yeah it sounds like your plate is very full definitely. Yes and also it's a busy time of year at the moment for everyone I think in reward. Yeah, absolutely. I guess you're you're laying out all of the sort of different things you're probably introducing and things like that at the beginning of the year, aren't you? So lots going on, I'm sure. Yes. And obviously your career, you've you've worked across numerous professional services firms. I think EY and KPMG are among those. So I just wanted to find out why this sector is such a key interest for you. Yeah, so I've worked at three of the before consultancy firms now. I think working in a consulting environment allows you to work on a variety of different projects um, for many different organisations and also across a range of, of industries. I've never really specialised in financial services or you know, oil and gas or anything like that. I also found it's a great training ground. So obviously I joined as young originally um, as a graduate and it's fantastic in terms of opportunities, travel, really being able to stretch yourself and develop yourself. And then latterly in my career, I guess at EY, it's allowed me to kind of grow, shape and lead a practice, which is a real privilege, I would say, because you don't often get the opportunity to grow, you know, a mini business within a partnership. So, so that's the thing that's always kind of in the past, I guess, kept me at consulting firms. Right. Okay. So that's, that's really interesting then. And it gives you that, like you said, that varied sort of opportunity to grow and expand and, and develop. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Lot, lots to kind of stretch yourself and get involved in. Fantastic. And I guess how do that, how, how do those differ to Metro Bank? You know, what, what made you sort of, I guess, lean into that sort of side in, in this, in this company? Yeah, it's a good question. It's, um, so I have, I've worked with an industry kind of a couple of times before and, and, there was obviously something that was drawing me back. And in a way, I think taking on this role at Metro at this stage of its growth is is probably akin to running kind of lots of different consulting projects, um, except this time it's all for one company because there's just so much that we want to do and we're excited about doing at Metro. I guess the big difference, though, when I compare it to some of my previous roles is I'm now in charge of not just designing and thinking about new ideas. I have to actually then implement them. Um, And ordinarily, I would have just handed that over to, you know, the implementation back to a team and back to a client and to move on to my next project. So that's something where I do need to think a bit differently. But the real I think the real standout difference for me being in house and actually being at Metro is is the culture and the values. It's just in the DNA. You know, you don't have to hunt for it. And that was something that I'd heard about, but I guess only really experienced since joining. Yeah, amazing. So that, that sounds like it's very hands on, I guess, compared to your other roles then. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the designing, the stakeholder management, but then you have to kind of think about, well, how do I make this work in practice and how will it make, you know, the business and our colleagues experience much better? 
Amazing. And I know you've just touched on there, I guess, in our, our previous questions there in terms of the benefits that are on offer in Metro Bank. But I just want to get your thoughts on that in a little bit more detail. Um, you know, sure. are there any particular ones that resonate with you or perhaps ones that have actually been sparked by employees themselves that you've introduced? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So so we take a total reward approach here at Metro. So we focus on the financial and the non-financial elements of reward. So I mentioned salary bonus benefits, but also kind of the culture, development opportunities, uh, mentoring. So, so that's, I guess, as a starting point, is really important. We try our best to align reward and benefits to Metro Bank's values and role in the community. So one of the things we've just refreshed is um, and relaunched is how we recognise colleagues, both informally and formally. We encourage things like flexible working, we highlight family-friendly policies, um, and one of the things where we do really, I guess, give back to the community is our day to amaze. So that's an opportunity for all our colleagues to use a normal working day to volunteer and give back to the community. And it's those types of kind of non-financial reward elements that I think our colleagues really value, I would say. In terms of, I guess, what resonates for me, so obviously I've, I've been here for six months and I've had the chance to look at what we we offer and perhaps what we might want to improve or enhance but the biggest thing for me is probably recognition because as I've mentioned we've just relaunched it it's already resulting in an increase in the number of colleagues who have been recognized both informally and more formally we do take on views obviously from colleagues as you can imagine we look at market we look at insights and trends and we also take on the views of our colleagues and as part of our engagement survey last year, it showed that recognition really does matter to our colleagues and it's at the heart of our values. So I knew you know, it had to be a focus for us. I think it's even more important now that we have hybrid working. So you might not be in the office, you know, I might not be in the office when my team are in the office to be able to just walk over and say thank you for something they've done. So I think relaunching, refreshing recognition addresses um, some of the challenges that I think we might face from hybrid working. We also see it as a great way to just spotlight what great and success looks like because we do shout outs and we have leaderboards as well as more informal kind of thank yous as well. So it does kind of inspire, I would say, and kind of encourage collaboration. And I guess the last thing to say in recognition is, so we do have a number of different ways. So we have a, a platform where you can um, award points and points lead to prizes, which is great. And, and, you know, colleagues will have their names and lights and get a shout out. But whereas other colleagues have fed back and said, no, actually, they, they prefer, you know, a more verbal thank you just directly from their manager. So it's great to offer something that is flexible to the needs of our colleagues. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And I think what you said there, actually, in terms of, I guess, hybrid working and now, as we're coming out of the latter stages of the pandemic, it's really shone a light on recognition, like you said, hasn't it? Because people aren't face to face as much and, uh, you know, they're split up in different places if they're different ends of the country, for example. So it does really show how important that is, isn't it, in terms of just making sure employees are aware that they are being thanked for the job they're doing, I guess. Yes, absolutely. And I think many organisations have obviously had to adapt working patterns, kind of communities of practice, how you engage and interact with colleagues. So yes, it's just an, another example, another way, I think, of making sure we stay connected with our with our teams. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and one thing I did want to just ask you there, RuPaul, in terms of your hybrid working offering, how have you sort of managed that and or how are you splitting that actually as well in terms of like how, how or who is sort of working at, at home? who are still in sort of your stores? How is that sort of split? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So we've always, um, even before 
I guess, COVID, we've always encouraged colleagues and wanted to create an environment that was flexible and inclusive. The fact that we're a retail bank, though, and we have stores and a call centre, you know, for some of our colleagues, they, they're unable to work from home because of the nature of their roles. So they've been in stores throughout the pandemic, and obviously in a, in a safe environment, in a safe way. What we have introduced, though, in terms of hybrid working is so we have said at least 40 percent, I think, of your time should be in a store or office based. And that really is to encourage collaboration. You know, we don't want individuals sat at their desk just on Teams calls all day because that, that you know, isn't the purpose of being in the office. So that's what we've been encouraging colleagues to do. But because we do want to create a flexible and inclusive environment, um, it is down to choice. So it's recognising that it's great to collaborate and be in the office. But equally, we we absolutely understand the benefits of, of working from home or different workplaces as well. I think it will be interesting as we, you know, as we're all now going back into the office to see how that develops, because I think when I think about some of the individuals and, and talent that we're recruiting or trying to retain, hybrid working is a new norm. It's it's expected now, isn't it, that you can work wherever you want, whenever you want, as long as you, you deliver what you need to. Yeah, definitely. It's strange, isn't it, how it's shifted so dramatically. But I think what you said there is it's quite important to find that balance, isn't it? Yes, so it's, it's a tricky one that I'm sure reward leaders, HR leaders, employers in general are all kind of struggling with. Well, to, grappling to with at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. <That's it. laughs> Fantastic. So before we find out why Metro Bank has introduced flexible bank holidays, we're going to take a very quick ad break. Hi there, it's Kitty Wood here reporting for Reward Strategy. I want to let you know that the Payroll and Reward Conference held in partnership with the Payroll Centre is coming around quickly, taking place on the 8th and 9th of June at the Chelsea Harbour Hotel. On the day, topics that will be discussed include international payroll, the gamification of rewards, how to manage a global workforce and whether women are being left behind on financial rewards. Some fantastic speakers will also be appearing across the two days from brands such as Stella McCartney. Find the full agenda online. We hope to see you there, but for now, let's get back to listening to Friends and Benefits. And we're back after that quick break. So as I mentioned before, Metro Bank does allow staff to use their bank holidays at different times throughout the year. So, for example, if they're not a fan of a day taking place um, at one point in the year. So, Rupa, I wanted to find out from you why that was introduced. Yeah, so we, we actually implemented that a few years ago. And obviously, I'm relatively new. So I was digging a bit deeper because obviously there's been lots of... Um, other firms, I would say, more recently announcing that they've introduced this. And I was chatting to some of my team and they said, we've had this we've had this for a few years already. And in, in terms of our history and why we did it, it's for very similar reasons. You know, we're continually looking at ways to provide a better experience for our colleagues. We know that they value working in a flexible environment. So our approach means that colleagues can choose to take public holidays on the dates that are most meaningful to them. So it sounds really simple and straightforward. And we do wonder why we didn't do something like this years ago. But yeah, so it's been around for a few years. So it's not new for us at Metro. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because it's something, like you said, it's something that I think is only sort of happening now. Mm. So it's it's great to hear that obviously you were sort of spearheading that in a way. Yeah. And I think it's just another example. I think being a relatively young organisation um, and being one of the original challenger banks, I think it has meant that we're not um, introducing or haven't introduced things you know, which which are legacy arrangements, we can actually look at what our colleagues need now and in the future and design and create something that's fit for the future. Um, so yes, that's that's a great example. And I think some of the other examples we've got that I've, 
you know shared previously um just show i think the the forward-looking nature i would say of some of our offerings to our colleagues yeah of course absolutely and on that note do you think that this is something that more businesses should consider introducing well i think i think most organizations understand that they need to provide flexibility to their colleagues um, and their staff I guess for organisations, though, it's working out what the priorities are for them and listening to their colleagues and their environment and what's right for them. So, you know, in my consulting world, I would always look at what's the feedback from your colleagues, what are the market insights, who are you trying to attract, and then think about the operational aspect. You know, how easy is it to implement this? How would it work in practice? So I think it's it's absolutely something that all organisations should be considering. But um, obviously, the implementation of it is really important to see how well it lands. So a little bit more due diligence is probably required. Yeah, absolutely. Like what what may work for one business may not work for another, I guess, isn't it? So it's like you say, it's finding out what employees really want as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. So just keeping the focus on rewards over the last, I guess, few months to a year now, we've been seeing employers handing out pay rises to show their appreciation to staff. And I guess that goes back to that recognition um, we mentioned earlier. But do you think that financial rewards like this are sustainable? Yeah, it's a good question. So I guess my take on it is that so colleagues have worked incredibly hard during the pandemic and I think linked with real inflation, wage inflation, the, the really hot labour market that we've got at the moment, I can completely understand why organisations need to react or actually be more proactive to keep their top talent. Um, but I think absolutely linked to what I was saying earlier, it's not just about the financial rewards, um, it's about creating that right environment and opportunities for colleagues and I believe that's really what retains individuals so I guess if I take Metro as an example so 2021 was another challenging year obviously for everyone Um, but our colleagues you know once again showed us why Metro Bank is such a special place to work so everybody came together to support each other everybody came together to support our customers and our communities as well and and absolutely we'd like to give salary increases this year to say thank you and continue you know our commitment to a fair pay a fair pay you know approach across the bank but i think we need to do more than just give salary increases i don't think that is sustainable if we want to retain our top talent so as an example i guess we worked really hard over the last 18 months or so to keep collaboration and our culture strong now that we are in a hybrid working pattern so we do you know we're quite lucky we have a strong culture and set of values so our focus was more on finding different ways to enhance um, that experience I guess for colleagues who are working differently so from 2022 so as we've just come into 2022 we'll continue to run you know face-to-face and virtual sessions to welcome colleagues back to the office or to welcome new joiners we'll connect with local communities virtually and in person and we had lots you know we have lots of metro magic flourishes I would say and we found ways to do those virtually as well as in person the other thing that we really focused on which was important is to strengthen our inclusion communities so that has allowed kind of all colleagues wherever they're based to really connect and have a sense of belonging so I think all of those aspects are just as important as giving somebody you know a salary increase as a bonus because I think that's what actually keeps a colleague um, at the particular company and it's something that we've you know we're really passionate about and are working hard on 
definitely. I think that's really interesting. And I think a uh, study came out late last year now, but they asked what, what employees wanted from a job sort of thing. And, and a lot of them said that they would prefer flexible working to a pay rise. So I think what you're saying there is reflective of that, definitely. And it's showing that the tides, I guess, are turning in terms of what employees really want from their, their employer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's great. It's challenging us, you know, as as employers to think about things differently and making us work harder, which I think is is great. So, um, and again, being a fairly young organisation, we have the opportunity to be quite dy- dynamic and, and change and look at, you know, rewarding individuals in a different way. So that will that will also keep my team busy this year. Absolutely. <laughs> And then just moving on, I wanted to get your thoughts on financial well-being. So obviously, as you guys are a bank, financials are constantly sort of in in your minds. So I wanted to just get your thoughts on whether you believe that supporting employees regards their financial well-being is critical. Yeah, it's a really important one, actually. And financial kind of education well-being is top, obviously, for Metro. We do a lot in our communities around financial education and well-being as a bank. And, and we do the same internally for our colleagues as well. Now, I think we could always do better. So... One of the things that I've been looking at are our engagement um, statistics around some of our offerings. So when I think about financial education well-being, it's even things like pension um, and loans and understanding, you know, your money and your budgets. And when I look at some of the uptake and engagement, I just think, wow, we could do better. So there's definitely more work for us to do internally in terms of ensuring that colleagues understand our offerings, um, engage with them understand what decisions they're making and I think that will need to continue being a focus not just for us but for others as well because it's it's probably one of the areas that has maybe fallen by the wayside as we've probably focused more on things like mental well-being especially over the last couple of years with um with with COVID and everything else. Yeah definitely and it's it seems to be quite a tricky one to get people or to get employees uptake on. I think financial well-being seems to be not a taboo as such but people don't really want to discuss it So it just seems a little bit tricky to get that uptake, get people interested in it, like pensions, for example. It's a good point. I think there's the the Britishness, maybe, if we don't talk about our own pay and how we plan our finances. And then I think in terms of pension and and things like, you know, we've got this fantastic share incentive plan, which really is is a savings vehicle for our colleagues. But people just uh, don't find it that exciting and as sexy, I guess, as a bonus or a salary increase. So when I try and talk about people about pensions I can just see them glazing over I think it's probably also to do with the demographic of of our colleagues and the population you know the younger you are you're probably saving up for a deposit um, or going out or going on fancy holidays when you're allowed to rather than thinking about a pension which feels like it's a long time away and so one of the things we do want to do this year is make pensions I guess a bit more fun and the education around it a bit more fun um, and whether that's through videos whether it's apps and um, having QR codes rather than you know a letter through your door or an email which which sets up what your pension is but doesn't quite explain why it's so important so that's something we will be looking at this year. Fantastic yeah I think you hit the nail on the head there definitely in terms of pensions. <laughs> And then just staying on track of for financial well-being here, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, I guess, what other reward leaders could do to support their employees in this manner. So I, I'm a true believer that it's it's, it's about communication um, and engaging with colleagues in a different way. So I think most organisations and reward leaders will have a standard suite of benefits, including pension and other kind of financial elements to it. I think probably where we need to focus as reward leaders is more on the communication and understanding of those elements 
so so that's probably something that you know we're pushing at metro but that i would encourage other reward leaders to look at is the actual communications and engagement and uptake of of the fantastic financial benefits that i'm sure they're already providing absolutely definitely and then looking ahead obviously we're at the start of it well we're in february now but we're in the start of the year what are your plans for the business over the next six months so there's lots to keep me and the team busy i guess so we need to get through reward review which is this quarter so that's quarter one but after that one of the things that i do want to fix so i talked about communication I, I really want to make sure that our colleagues understand our total reward offering and i think that's to me is about making it a bit more simple and transparent um, so increasing colleagues understanding of, of what our offering is because to get a better return on where we're spending our money i if they understand it better you know we'll get a much bigger return and it's great for them so that's something I do want to focus on I guess it comes down you know to communications again we'll also be looking at the link between pay and performance and what it might mean to be a high performing kind of have a high performing culture at Metro we've already started that journey so I, I mentioned earlier that we've enhanced our performance management framework so that's something that will be implemented I'm quite excited to see how that lands this year and then lastly, kind of well-being will continue to be a focus for us. So th- the physical side, the mental side and the financial as well, and bringing that all together under one umbrella. Um, so lots to keep us busy. Brilliant. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And then something we like to ask all of our um, guests on the podcast is what you'd be doing if you weren't in your current profession. So for you, the reward profession. That's a great question. <laughs> So I I guess at the outset, I did say I am really passionate about reward and my role because I do like to look at the psychology and the behaviours and what motivates. So that is still exciting to me. But if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably like travel a bit more. I've really missed travelling in the last few years. So I definitely want to do that. And then I think the other thing I'd probably do is, I guess, use my industry and professional experience to support local communities and schools. So I've done that in the past in terms of mentoring and the softer skills. And the other thing I'd want to focus on is is the DNI agenda. So really supporting, I guess, talented women to progress in their careers as well. So again, something I've done, but I probably should spend a bit more time doing as well. Amazing. Well, it sounds like you'd be just as equally as busy <laughs> if you did change. <laughs> Well, that is about all we've got time for, Rupa. I just want to say thank you again so much for joining me on this latest episode. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Jane. It's been great. Brilliant. And uh, remember, everyone, we'll be back with another Friends in Benefits very soon. But in the meantime, don't forget to check out the latest issue of Reward Strategy magazine, The Evolution, where we explore how workplace wellbeing has developed. Thank you again for listening. 